Welcome to the You Got This podcast, featuring authors Donnie and Sandy. We invite you to settle in, open your hearts and minds, and be inspired to trust and present hope in the Lord. When you allow Him to lead the way, you got this. Hey guys, welcome back to another awesome episode of You Got This with your host Sandy and Donnie from Your New Life Ministries. And we would like to take the time to apologize for not doing one last week. We, we are busy doing some things in our family. We're, we're actually, actually moving, so it's going to take us a little bit to get settled in, but we will get you a podcast at least maybe once every couple of weeks until we get everything settled. But we do ask for your prayers that we're doing a new transition. We are transitioning in something bigger and better that uh, your new life ministries have never experienced before. So we thank you for your prayers and just keep us in your thoughts and mind. But as we continue on, this is Season 3, Episode 10, called Rise Up from Pride and Rebellion. And we're going to talk about pride and rebellion a little bit today and what pride and rebellion does in your life and what what they actually mean according, according to Bible standards. So with that being said, we've got th- uh, three talking points we're going to talk about. You date a, four talking points we're going to talk about. Pride hinders you. Satan is behind and attempts to deceive you. And three, uh, three, there is freedom, help, and deliverance. And finally, number four, move on and move past. How do you move on and move past from what pride is doing? And pride is doing to you, what Satan is actually doing in your life. So we're going to uh, go on and we're going to continue this and we're going to start with uh, topic number one. Pride hinders you and how it does that. The main theme of this whole entire thing is pride. Is I exalting self, as in in the center of the word uh, I, is in the center of the word pride. And we're not take, saying that you can't have self confidence, but there's always a sense of taking yourself above what is supposed to be. God is supposed to be over everything. He's going to take care of you. You don't have to do it yourself. You don't have to put you as a number one center of the universe. As people tend to do, like, oh, I, it's me. It's all about me. No, it's not all about you. But you can have self confidence saying you you are have the right to be there, but don't make yourself the horn of the universe. Yes, welcome everyone, and we do uh, appreciate your patience with us as we are moving. We're actually moving from Texas to Colorado. And just look, want your prayers and, and for safe travels. And we do have some new things in the works, and we'll go through some of those updates at the end of the podcast. But we always love to come and share what we've learned from God firsthand, and then we want to share it with you. So we go through our ups and downs, and we go through the times of our stubbornness and our pride. And, you know, we learn from it. And so we want to share from our own experiences. Proverbs 16, 18 said, pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. Okay, pride in this, you know, instant when God is talking about pride is a sin, is when you're putting yourself above and beyond everybody else. You don't care who you hurt and you don't care, you know, God wants you to do this thing. Well, you know, I'm just going to do what I want. Uh, kind of thing that's going to only get you so far until God has had enough, uh, and it is actually a sin because it exalts self. Exodus 20, v- verse 3 says, You shall have no other gods before me. 
in verse 4, it says, You shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything in heaven above or on earth beneath. You Anything that you put before God and that you've got to have and that you've got to do and you're going to lose your joy and you walk all over anybody to get it, that's your idol. So that can be anything. Satan will use anything, anything that I got to have and I got to do. He will use anything to keep you away from receiving Jesus Christ or keep you from growing in him or keep you from receiving his promise that he has made to you. Because he'll give you a promise, but you have to keep following him. You have to keep following him. You have to keep believing him and you have to keep obeying him. If you've already received him, he will do anything to keep you from that point, that purpose that he has you for being an effective witness. This in turn hurts God, which is Satan's goal. Do you want the promises God has revealed to you? Well, you cannot get there with a spirit of rebellion and pride. It will create a wall between you and your path and God. Sin alienates you from God. That's Colossians 1, 21. Right. And also, people, I mean, we, it's all, we just need to remember one thing. God has made the world and everything. He's made you, he's made me, he's made everything. Why put yourself in the center of the universe? You can't do anything more than God allows you to do. And I'm guilty of as much as anybody, because I, I tend to like to control things. I have a very big, huge control problem. I want to make sure everything's done to my specifications. And sometimes I'm right. If I'm paying for something, I want it to be done the way I ordered it, and I should have it the way that I ordered. I paid for it. I should have it the way I want it. But there's also other things that you cannot control. When you hire somebody to do a job and things come up out of their control, there's nothing you can do about it except for deal with it. And me, I have like, well, why didn't you get it done right beforehand? Well, that's not always the case because things always come up. Even on the job site, when I used to do roofing, Things came up, weather came up out of nowhere, equipment breaks down. That's something beyond their control. And especially in this day and age with the lack of inventory on things, it cannot be the way you want it all the time. And I'm guilty, just like uh, probably more than most people, I'm guilty of having high expectations of people that I shouldn't have high expectations. Yes. Um, and the Lord says in Jeremiah 30, 13, 17, but if you do not listen, I will weep in secret because of your pride. My eyes will weep bitterly, overflowing with tears because the Lord's flock has been taken captive. That's what happens to you when you operate in the spirit of pride and rebellion. And, you know, I, I know what to do. I've got this. And, you know, I'm going to do it my way. And especially when you're doing that in rebelling against God, if he wants you to do it a certain way, that will come back and bite you because God can is only going to take it for so long. He says it's either in first or second Peter. He says, God is not slow as some understand slowness, but he's patient, not wanting anyone to perish, but all to come to repentance. So you're asking, you know, why hasn't God disciplined them yet? It's because just like you, just like me, when he waited on us, 
to repent. He's waiting on them. They have the same right. God is fair. He's just. And he's no respecter of persons. He does not show favoritism. And that is in the Bible. So if he's going to wait on you and he's going to wait on me, then everybody else in this world deserves that same patience that he waits on them to repent because he's love. He is a God of love. And it says that all through the Bible. And in 1 John 4, 16, it says God is love. So he doesn't want to discipline people, but he will only stand for so much. And then he's going to have to, and you're going to have to reap what you sow. Do you want that? And when you come and re reject and rebel against God and you're wanting to do your own thing out of pride, it's just, you know, I know it all. I don't have to do this or I don't have to forgive that person. But you know what? That comes from a spirit of exalting yourself. And we just read that that's a sin. And it does alienate you from God. And when you cry out, you know, they don't know what they're talking about. But when you do that and you really haven't read the whole book, when you haven't read the Bible, or you haven't tried listening to God, then you're saying that out of complete ignorance. Don't criticize something you don't know anything about. Know it first. Read it first. Try it first. Then you have the knowledge to debate that correctly moving on to topic two satan is behind it and he tempts and deceives you one way number one that he tries to stunt your spiritual growth is through offense and self-will he plants thoughts of i have the right then i deserve meaning you first and then regardless of who you hurt and who gets left out or who you step on to get what you need i have the right to do anything you say but not everything is beneficial i have the right to do anything but not everything is constructive that's first corinthians 10 23. yeah you have the right but will it be beneficial to you and who's going to get hurt in the process when you go around and using your pride and and you're going after that position and you don't care who you step on or whose idea you steal. Come on. You really think that God is proud of that? And he puts these thoughts in your own and he twists them. But he makes them in as your own thoughts. But whenever you start thinking of something, whenever these thoughts come that's going to exalt you or hurt somebody else, you got to take it to the Lord and take it to the Bible and say, God, is this something that you would really want? Pride steps on other people and it exalts you and it does not exalt God and it alienates you. Is that something you really want? And do you have dreams you want God to answer? Well, why are you coming to him to pray to him to ask him to answer these prayers, but then you don't want to do what he wants you to do? Oh, well, not only that, just because you say you have the right to a certain job or a certain position doesn't mean that the position is right for you. Just because you work for a company and you've been there for a long period of time, that doesn't mean when the promotion comes up, you're the right person for that particular position because it might just be out of your realm of expertise, but you've been there long enough to say, oh, I can do that job. Are you really sure you can do that job? Because there's a hell of a lot more responsibility than you've done before. 
You may be overwhelmed. You may be like, oh my God, oh my God, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? That means you're not ready. That means you're not the person for that job. You should already know and be confident that you can do that job to the best of your ability. Just like, for instance, with my wife, she worked for Teen Challenge. She had skills beyond what she already knew. And there was a position opened up, and she was perfect for a job, and she made it. And she does, she was actually doing better than the, the original person in that position. But that's that, that's what we're saying, though. Just because a position opened up, you have a right to it because you're seniority, but it doesn't always mean you're the right person for that position. God will put people in that position as long as you allow them to do so and don't have your pride. Well, that's not fair. I didn't get the position. I've been here long enough. But you weren't the right person for that particular skill set. Yes, and maybe like in my you know case is the person was just learning and she was growing from the beginning, you know, of this, and did a wonderful job. But then sometimes God wants to take these people and place them somewhere else that He's got another plan for. Maybe He's got a different plan for you, and you're going to fit in that just perfectly. It doesn't make one person better or the other. It didn't make me better than the other. It's just he had different plans for her and different plans for me. And, you know, I, I, I respect that because we have giftings and they're all good. And in, in, um, I think it's in First Corinthians, it says that this is paraphrasing that, you know, all the body parts work together, right? You need a pastor. You need a worship leader. You need the graders. You need the prayer team. The pastor can't do everything. For a church to work, you need all of it. You need the Bible study teachers. You need the Sunday school teachers. For the church to work, it needs all of it. And then you, the people that sit there in a service and hear and listen and go to these small groups. Guess what? The pastor can't be everywhere. And so he can reach more people through you witnessing and going about your daily job, being an ambassador of Christ in the correct way, representing him well and not out of pride. We're all needed for that. So you may want to go after that job and think I'm better for it. But what if God's got something better for you? Don't step on somebody to get a job that wasn't meant for you to have because maybe he has something better and he'll give you the skill sets you need. Just like me, I don't claim any of the skill sets that I've given in any of the jobs that I've done. God gives you your own ability to do what you need to do. He says that in the book of Deuteronomy. He will give you what you need when you need it. He's done that for me over and over again. And I don't count it as my gifting. I count it as something that he gave me and give him the glory. So do you want God's blessing on what you do? Have you tried just saying for once, well, I want this and I deserve this, but you know what? I think I'm going to do it your way, God. Have you tried that? Have you? <laughs> Moving on. Topic, uh, you, you take the bait and he feeds your thoughts with bitterness, resentment, and unforgiveness. And I had the right attitude, which we was just talking about. That can encompass something like unforgiveness. 
why do you want to keep on holding on to bitterness and anger when you can just let it go? It's going to ruin your happiness. Do you really want it to ruin your ruin your joy? Once you have taken the bait, it opens up the door to many other emotions, such as unforgiveness, pride, bitterness, resentment. All these are not given over to God to heal your heart, will take root up in spiritual roadblock. Pride will cause you to refuse to forgive, thinking that if you do, then you're letting one hurt you to get away with it. That is a lie from the devil to keep you trapped in unforgiveness. God will, God will reward each person accordingly to what he has done. Galatians 6, 7, and 8, a man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature from the nature from the nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to see the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Trust in the fact that everyone who does wrong, who sins, will be, will be disciplined as the Father disciplines their children. Pride and unforgiveness, bitterness, resentment are poison to your soul. That's exactly right. Just like the Amish. I mean, remember this one story about five years ago where this milkman was just so mad, so angry over the loss of his child. He passed, somehow the child passed away. They really don't remember. But he was so angry and bitter, he took it out on the Amish people. The Amish people had nothing to do with it. He just goes up in the school and blows the hell out of it. Shoots like 20 kids dead. But you know what the Amish people did after that? They went to the man's wife and said that they forgive him. That takes balls. They, they went right there at their house and had a prayer right there in the middle of the, middle of the room. They said, I, we forgive you. Because they knew she had nothing to do with it, but the media was persecuting her. And she had nothing to do with it. She didn't even know her husband even did that. And he committed, and the husband took the ticket shit way out and killed himself. And rather than take the punishment, he just took all that anger and took it out on somebody that had nothing to do with it. That's what anger, pride, and unforgiveness does. All he had to do was just give it to God and just let everything just go, and he would have been much happier in the end. God would have healed his heart, but said, but instead he took that angerness, took it out, and his wife had to take that punishment. So in thinking about that, now, we're, when we come back for our song, we are going to show you the other side. Oh, there is freedom from all those emotions. And it's scary to step out and trust God for the first time. It's not easy. But if you take that to the Holy Spirit, if you ask, he says he will answer your prayers. He says, you do not have because you do not ask God that James 4.2. So why don't you try asking him to help you overcome some of those issues that you have and you're finding it difficult because maybe your pride is coming from fear that you won't be taken care of. Have you ever started asking yourself why behind some of these negative emotions and these emotions you know and these attitudes and mindsets that you know God doesn't like? Have you ever asked why? A good friend of mine taught me um, to do that once and I had, was so rooted in fear and angry a lot and because I'd been so damaged and so hurt from all the abuse that I suffered and she's she didn't let me off the hook she didn't let me stay in that pity party she told me to start asking myself why why am I feeling this 
Why do I want to do this? Why am I feeling this way? And as I started to search my soul and pray and ask God to help me, the answers to many of those questions came up as I was just afraid I was going to get hurt again, afraid I was going to lose my older son, afraid I'd never be happy. Once I gave that fear to God and all those negative emotions, then things started turning around for me. And I felt his healing peace in my heart, like a cool rain touching my heart on a hot summer day. You can experience the same thing if you just dare to let go. We're going to talk about the other side of this when we come back. Yeah, we're going to play a song. It's an older song called Hand It Over by Kid Mo. We'll be right back right after this. If your problems won't go away And your worries night and day Hand it over Get on your knees and pray If you're sick, feeling low Got no money, got nowhere to go song by Kev Moe. We played that song because it really relates to what we're talking about today. 
which is taking yourself out of the equation and just hand it over to God, hand all your troubles, hand everything over to God, and he will make it happen. It may not be overnight. It may not be a couple of weeks, but he will He will take it over. You just got to have patience and just let it go. And that's a part of pride is not having the patience. You don't have to worry about it and just know that God's got this and God's got it and going to take care of it. We don't have to be involved in every single solitary situation. That's what I'm learning myself. I don't have to be involved to know that things will work out. Things will go the way they're supposed to go. And I don't have to be in control of every single solitary situation. And I'm slowly learning that. And that's the kind of ties into our third topic. There is freedom, help, and deliverance. The Lord can change your heart. And this is just, you just got to stay it and step out of the way and let God take control of you. So to be like a, like a, a carry on the wood song, let God take the wheel. Yes, so our first point under that is if you place those hurts in God's hands that maybe you've been hurt and so you've developed that pride in your heart that I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it my way because no one's ever going to hurt me again. I know that feeling because I've been there myself. I tried to control everything. I tried to control everything about my older son since I lost my younger one. I didn't want to lose another one, but it didn't work. It didn't work. No one wants to be controlled. It worked just the opposite instead. The Lord can deal with those who hurt you and he can deal with them better than you. And you will not have the heaviness that comes along with anger, pride, resentment. It weighs your heart down. I know you can feel it inside. I know you can just feel like you're all tensed up when you get angry. Come on, I know you do. Hebrews 12, 1 through 3 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw up every encumbrance and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with endurance the race set out for us. Let us fix our eyes upon Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such hostility from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. You see, sin will alienate you from God and it hinders you from what God wants to give you. Isaiah 49, 25 and 26 says, I will contend with those who contend with you and your children. I will say, I will make your oppressors eat your own flesh. They will be drunk on their own blood as with wine then all mankind will know that I the Lord am your Savior your Redeemer the mighty one of Jacob Proverbs 19 11 says a man's wisdom gives him patience it is to his glory we're not supposed to retaliate and it's in, in instead Romans 12 says save room for God's wrath do not repay evil for evil let God do it. He can do it in such a better way. And as far as the pride thing, a lot of that is rooted in fear because you're afraid that God's not going to take care of you. You're afraid that you're not going to get this, that you're going to lose out. But that's not what God says. God doesn't say that. In fact, 
he wants to bless you and he promises to to help you and he promises to give you the desires of your heart and give you hope in a future just dare to trust him yeah and that's all it has to do with really with everything is trust knowing that if you step out of the way everything will work out to your best interest we don't know what our best interests are we think we do but we really don't but who created you but the Almighty God, Almighty Jesus, He created us. So don't you don't you think that He knows what's better for you than you do? We as human beings are flawed. We are flawed. Just admit it. We are flawed. And once we admit that, we can move on and move past. Now, which is our final topic. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, my wife was just pointing something. I'm sorry. We have to let go and let God take care of the ones who wronged you a lot better in the way that will teach them that what they did wrong only offended you but him as well and that's the thing we we think we have to punish the people who hurt us the best punishment comes from god and two and get rid of pride and rebellion it will hinder you hinder your path and god will not smile down on it and make not make it it may not happen overnight but he will correct you because he loves you and that's it as parents, we have to discipline our kids. We may not want to. How else are we going to learn? And God is the best disciplinarian teacher that we got. He knows what we do and what we don't do. James 4, 6 says, God opposes the proud but gives us a grace to, to the humble. Hebrews 12, 4, 6 says, In your struggle against sin, you have not yet to resist the point of shredding your blood or shedding your blood and you have forgotten the exhortion that addresses you as sons. My son, do not take lightly the discipline of the Lord. And do not lose heart when he rebukes you. For the Lord disciplines the ones he loves and chastises every son he, he receives. After all, he reached, he reached you, didn't he? Pride is an adultery because it sets, self upon, sets yourself upon a pedestal, says, I will not forgive. It goes against the will of God, placing you above his. We don't want to be on top of where God is. We don't belong there. We are no better than anybody else on planet Earth. The only one who's better than anybody is God. He created us. He created everything on, on this earth. He created the trees, created the grass, everything we need. Oxygen. He made it. Deal with it. Just like the atheists out there. Go, oh, how do we know God exists? Because every evidence of him surrounds us. That's why. Matthew 6, 14 and 15 says, For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men of their sins, your Father will not forgive you. That just goes to show, goes with the same thing, that if you deny me in front of man, he will deny you in front of the Father. Same exact thing. But uh, now the final topic here that I was trying to do one before, but I wasn't ready. Was five, four, move on and move past, which I was just talking about a minute ago. To move forward, again, you must let let go of the pride and rebellion and offense and forgive. Dare to trust that he will take care of you. Rebellion puts you before God and disobedience, is, that is sin. Good. 1 Samuel 15, 23 says, for rebellion is like the sin of divination, and arrogance is like the evil of idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. What happens when you choose to reject God, when you choose to rebel against him? 
Ephesians 4, 30-32 says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit, with whom you were sealed on the day of redemption. But get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. You see, he wants us. He wants us to love ourselves, love one another, and love God. That's what he says. All the law of the prophets are summed up in this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. Because when you love people, when you allow the Holy Spirit in you to love people through you and love God and love yourself, you'll love in a healthy way. And you won't want to do anything that will wrong God, others, or yourself. What is wrong with that? Why do so many people want to step on other people's toes and, and walk all over them just to get what they want? It's also rooted in selfishness. But selfishness basically is rooted in fear because you're afraid you're not going to get what you need or what you think is coming to you. Why don't you trust God to do that? And then you can lose all that heaviness. And it's such a weight lifted off of your heart. And you will feel so much lighter and free. Romans 12, 14 through 21 says, Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. If it, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if, you're if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. You see, in that context right there, it says you will heap burning coals on their head. Coal is a cleansing agent. And if you've read in Isaiah, when the Lord was calling him into his prophetic ministry, um, he didn't feel qualified to do that. And he says, you know, I have unclean lips. No, no, not me. I can't do this. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough. But an angel touched him. And even when someone has overdosed, what is it that the hospital uses? What is it that the hospital uses? They use coal to get all that junk out of them. It's a cleansing agent. So in this context, you will heat burning coals on their head. It's not a mean thing. It's, it's to cleanse them. It might make them think, well, I've been so rude and I've been so ugly to this person and they're being nice to me. Why? And it's going to make them think. It's going to make them think. So why don't you hand it over? Hand it over and dare to trust God and stop being afraid. Hand, him, hand over your fear. He says that he will deliver you from all of your fears. And just be enveloped in the arms of God. And let him live. And just let him wow you. If you do not give him the chance to overwhelm you with his joy and his love, 
and his blessings? How can he? Give him the chance. So many people will reject people because they've been hurt so much. And then, if, well, if I reject them first, then I won't get hurt. Right? But then that leaves so much joy and, and, and such wonderful blessings and experiences that God wants to give you. You're just closing the door on that. Why don't you take the time to just try it once and just trust, trust that he wants to wow you. If you don't give him room to surprise you, you'll never receive it. You'll never be wowed by him. And you'll be missing out on so very much. Give him that chance. Galatians 5 one says, It is freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourself be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Peace and joy will return. Don't let Satan trap you by offense. Let it go and hand it over to God. Dare to trust God to make sure you are all taken care of and receive the needs and the desires of your heart. He does not want to. He does want the best for you. Therefore, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in the future. Jeremiah 29. And I'm going to give you these uh, other verses right now. The first one is Psalms 37, 4, you might know. Delight yourself and also in the Lord. He shall give you the desires of your heart. Trust yourself to overwhelming love that, of God that come to the earth to take yours and all mankind's punishment for sin. Repent and receive him. First John 1 John 1.8.9 says, if we say, if we say we have to sin, we, we have no sin, I'm sorry, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his Philippians 4.19. Y'all ought to remember one thing. None of us are perfect. We have all have sinned. We all do sin. And we all fall short of the glory of God. The only thing that sets us apart from us versus, well, I'm just going to say the atheists out there, is one thing. One thing only. One, we know we're sinners. And two, we know about our pride you. That's it. That is the only thing that separates us from the We know God exists. They don't believe a damn thing about God at all. They don't believe the Bible. They don't believe nothing. We believe in the Bible. We believe in the Word of God. And we know that God exists. And we get out of our own way most of the time until we have to learn otherwise. And know we have a pride issue. We all have a pride issue. We just know we admit it. So think about that. The only thing that separates us, and I'm going to say it again because it's so perfect and so true. The only thing that separates us from the atheists is we know God exists and we know we have a problem. Yeah, so I hope that that really helped you. And sometimes God wants to show you in a loving way, and this may be a love tap for someone out there that needs it, because he doesn't want a trial to come your way. So he'll speak it through somebody, or he'll put something in front of you to read that will pinpoint it. He does it to me all the time. Sometimes I get it and then sometimes I end up going through the trial. Which way do you want to choose? 
So if you think you might have some of those issues and maybe it's fear that's behind it, maybe you've been hurt so bad and you just don't think anybody else is going to be good to you, including God. And you got such a low self-esteem, though you exalt yourself because you don't think anybody else will. Why don't you cry out to God and ask him to open your eyes because he opens the eyes of the blind. And it's not those just who are physically blind. Blind can be blind spiritually as well. He loves you so much and he wants good things for you. He longs to be gracious to you. Why don't you allow him to show it? Remove the things that are hindering and that's putting a wall up between you and him. And just let him love on you. Let us close in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for all of these listeners we have out there today. And we love each and every one of them. And we're praying for each and every one of them that God, you would reach out for them in such a special way today. And touch them to their very core, Lord their very inner being and let them know in a way special to them just how much you love them and even they see them. God does see you and he's got plans there's going to be some divine appointments coming your way be patient and trust me just like people coming to an intersection some get there before the others and the divine appointments he's got coming your way just hadn't reached you yet. That was for someone out there. Um, thank you, Lord. But Lord, touch them. Heal them. Provide whatever it is that they need, whether it's a financial position or job, lead them to it. Healing. Maybe they just need some wisdom for some issues that they got going on or decisions they need to make. Whatever the need is, God provide it. And Lord, we ask those out there who haven't received you as Lord and Savior, that you would just touch their heart, Lord. Open their eyes to see. Open their ears to hear. Open their hearts and minds to see, know, hear, and understand. That you may save them. And if any of those who want to pray with me now, please do so. Dear Heavenly Father, I just know that you are God. And I know that you sent Jesus Christ, your one and only Son, to die from my sins and I ask you God you know in my heart what they are and I ask you to forgive all of my sins and Lord I ask you to come and live and send your Holy Spirit to live in my heart all the days of my life fill me with your spirit baptize me in your Holy Spirit and lead me all the days of my life and I ask this in Jesus name and I thank you for praying that with us. And if you prayed that, we have a special book that we want to give you to help you on that journey. And it's completely free. Visit our website, yournewlifeministries.org, and go to the bottom of the homepage, the contact us form, and fill that out. And don't forget to send us um, in there and include your email address and your address, because we can't send you that book if we don't have an address to send it to. So please do so. And you can also use that form or email us direct at info at yournewlifeministries.org. If you have a question, a prayer request, or a special topic you want us to talk on, uh, just visit that. Or just send us a, a hi. You know, how are you? And let us know you're listening. Um, 
we love to hear from our listeners and we thank God for y'all every day and ask God to bless you in every way and all that you do. And remember, just be patient with us in these next few weeks as we go through the move, but we will be back. Also, don't forget the amazing things that gets going on in your new life ministry. One is we have an article that's being done about my lovely wife and her book, Deep Waters Within. It's going to be posted on the, uh, the Motherhood Moments blog that's coming up next weekend. It's going to be posted right there around the, the end of next weekend. And also, don't forget that my wife's 30th book is coming out. Uh, the Train Ride by Sandra Lott is going to be released uh, sometime in the next couple of weeks. So take a look at that. Don't forget to sign up for our newsletter and we'll keep you all posted on that. And my wife has got a few interviews coming up probably with around the middle of November. So you don't want to miss that. And if you want to keep posts on all the new things from Your New Life Ministries, don't forget to sign up for our newsletter at yournewlifeministries.org. All right. Well, I think that's about it, guys. And also, don't forget to check out our Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube pages. And also, you know you got this. When you let God lead the way, God bless. Yes, God bless, guys. I've got you later. Bye-bye.